At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Awesome, awesome. God is truly faithful to His Word. And as we've been sharing in the last, oh man, we've been sharing on, we've, we've been on this series since the end of April after Easter. And uh, God told me that there's more to relationships in life than what meets the eye. And I've made this statement uh, in every service that much of what God is going to do in and through your life is through other people. Most of what God is going to do in your life will be through other people. It'd be real convenient if we just lived on some deserted island and it was just you or just me and we didn't have to deal with people, right? But the truth of the matter is uh, it's not that way and we're not going to deal with just ourselves in life. It'd be pretty simple, but then you'd probably get mad at yourself too, you know? But relationships are vital and God in the series, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to all of these messages, and, and we've done a continuation from Sunday to Wednesday, so most of the Wednesdays, not all of them, but most of the Wednesdays have a continuation from the previous Sunday, and so I just encourage you to go back and, and listen to those, download those messages, or just listen to them on the app. Uh, it's vital that you get this information and apply it to your life. It's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to apply it. Um, I, I, I think that a lot of people today think that they can handle life on their own. They can do it their way. Truth of the matter is, it's, it, it'll never be that way because of all the different types of experiences that are out there. See, you know, Jesus made this statement. He said, what profit is it in your life if you're good to those who do good to you. Now, we've got to grab a hold of that. We've got to understand that. There's no profit. You know why? Because there's no faith involved in the relationship. No faith involved in the relationship. What does it profit a man that he's good to somebody that's good to them? I mean, you know, okay, you're able to be good. I mean, you can practice that on people that aren't going to, you know, give you any gruff or any resistance or whatever. But he said, that, that's, not, that's not where the reward is. Some people that act certain ways or treat you in a certain way or whatever, that you learn how to trust God through that. Today, we, we've looked at a lot of different relationships since April. And today we're talking about employer-employee type relationships, servants and masters is one of the scriptures that I'm going to read about it. Um, learning to have and develop right relationships even when things aren't totally good. Um, and I, I want to read this passage out of 1 Timothy, or uh, I mean out of 1 Peter. I want to read this passage first, and then I'm going to read it again at the end of my message. But I, re- I want to read this first. 1 Peter 2, starting with verse 18, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. those who are servants submit to the authority of those who are your masters not only to those who are kind and gentle but even to those who are hard and difficult 
You find God's favor by deciding to please God even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. For what merit is it to endure mistreatment for wrongdoing? Yet, if you're mistreated when you do what is right and you faithfully endure it, this is commendable before God. In fact, you were called to live this way. I'm going to read that again. In fact, you were called to live this way. I'll read it again. You were called to live like this. You were called to be mistreated by somebody. In other words, their actions are in the form of mistreatment. I'm not talking about something illegal or immoral or something that somebody that's abused you or anything like that. We're talking here, and in the context of this passage, he's talking about the ability to communicate with people and people's personalities. I'm not talking about illegal things, abusive things. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, maybe abusive with, with words, okay? But he said, you're called to this. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not real popular to me. I mean, why would somebody want to be encouraged to live like this? You're going to be treated wrong, and you're going to have to learn how to have a good attitude when people treat you in a negative way. He said, you were called to live like this. Okay? Because Christ also suffered in your place, having you leaving you His example for you to follow. He never sinned. He never spoke deceitfully. When He was verbally abused, He did not return with an insult. When He suffered, He would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted Himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. That's why God always says, leave the judging to me where other people are concerned. In other words, He says, Leave it to me because I can do a whole lot better job than you. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. You were like sheep that continually wandered away, but now you've returned to the true shepherd of your lives, the kind guardian who lovingly watches over your souls. So, there's a lot in that, and there's three points that we're going to make from that, but we're, we're going to make those points when we get to the end of what we're talking about today. Amen? So, in Romans 14, 19, in the Passion also, um, we've read this most of, the, of our series, Paul tells the Romans, he says, so then, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships. Which priority? Top. What does that mean? There's nothing higher than this. Than what? Every relationship in life. That's what we've been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks. Top priority to get to the bottom of relationships. Again, you know, you can spend all your time continuing, continuing to work on relationships that are good no profit in it because there's no faith involved. No faith. Eagerly seeking 
to strengthen and encourage one another, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. Luke 6 and 31 in the Passion also. I have a lot of passion verses. Just because I got a lot of passion. <clears throat> Verse 31 in the pa- uh, Luke 6:31. The way you want others to treat you is how you should treat everyone else. The way you want others to treat you, in other words, you take the first step, you treat them that way, and 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 what will happen with that? So, no matter going back to the passage that we read out of 1 Peter, no matter what other people do, no matter how other people treat you, no matter what their attitude or actions are, I've got to develop in my life the ability to treat every single human being the way I want to be treated. That has to be my guide. If that's not your guide, you will fall flat in relationships all of your days. And when relationships are not right in your life, you're not gleaning and and drawing from the things that God has for you. Oh, I just, you know, I can do it on my own. I'm I'm good by myself. No, not in the kingdom. Mm -mm. I won't talk about it today, but we've talked about it in the last number of weeks about we're part of something that's bigger than we are, the body of Jesus Christ, right? And we're all links to that body. We're all linked together in the body of Christ. And you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if somebody's disconnected, if you have a chain and all the parts are just perfect, but right in the middle there's a link that's gone, it's not doing a whole lot. You're not going to pull a truck with that chain when you've got a piece here and a piece here. Only as strong as its weakest link. We're part of something bigger than we are. See, See, we're here on planet Earth for a very, 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 very short period of time when you think of all of eternity. One day, one day, everybody sitting here looking at me, you will step across to the other side. God wants you stepping across in faith with right relationships so that you can continue those right relationships. That's why we preach this stuff here. Well, it steps on people's toes. I mean, I've been a toe stepper for a long time. Hmm? 34 years this year, 34, 35, 34, 34, 34 years we've pastored this church, been stepping on toes for many, 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 many years, not on purpose, but because the truth either brings an offense, huh? the truth will bring an offense or it will bring confirmation. So whatever it brings, if it brings kind of an offense and an uncomfortable thing when you hear the word preached and delivered, it just gives you the opportunity to be set free. We hold back, then people can't get free. When Sandra was talking this morning about money, I thought to myself, all the great revelation that I've ever gotten and gleaned from money, about money, is in in the church. You remember Dr. Avanzini that used to be a part of our church and Still a great supporter of our church even to this day. Uh, I mean, he, would, he has taught, written many, 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 many books, been very persecuted for the books that he wrote on money. But I'm telling you what, 
I, before I knew him, before he came into our church and before I knew him, I read most of his books on money, and they liberated my life concerning the way I think financially. Anything productive that I've learned about money in life, I've learned in the church. That's why it's so vital that we preach truth and not just what people want to hear. I'll just say this, and I've said this probably every week. (laughs) Understanding relationships is not for the weak-hearted. So if you've been sitting here all these weeks, your heart's getting stronger. I'm believing that. Jesus talked about He and the Father constantly. And in one of our series, we talked about Jesus' relationship with His parents and Jesus' relationship with His Heavenly Father. Um, Jesus said a number of different times in Scripture, I only do those things that Father says. And how did He do those things? Obediently. He did those things and found out about those things in his life through relationship with the Father. His relationship with his parents led him to relationship with the Father. That's why the parent-child relationship that we talked about is so vitally, it's so vital to understand. It's, it's vital to understand from a parent's perspective. It's vital to understand from a child's perspective. How God created that and how it has to work. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you had a horrible upbringing. God wants to deliver you of that. He wants to deliver you of any of that so that you have a connection with Him. What hinders people's relationships with the Father has to do many times with the parent-child relationships that weren't good. Mine was hindered for many years. Many years. My dad did the best he could. My mother did the best she could. But they didn't have anything to do anything with. They had very little revelation whatsoever. Nobody ever taught them the word. Um, my parents divorced when I, at a young age, and my mother told one of my daughters one day, before, just a few years before she passed away, told her that the greatest mistake she ever made in her life was leaving my father. The greatest mistake she ever made in her life was leaving my father. Well, when I look back on it now, after 46 years of salvation, I was able to be there for my mom. I'm able to be there for my dad today. I'm able to sow into both of their lives. My mother's in heaven today. Glory be to God, she's in heaven today. I said she's in heaven today. It's a great thing. You understand? But we realize along the way, I realized she didn't have the ability to be what she was supposed to be. He didn't have the ability. He had no revelation. I do. Hmm. They had no revelation, but I do. So today, I'm a good father. I'm a good, good father. That sounds like a song. Anyway. No, but but I'm I'm a good father, right? And and I am attempting to be good in every relationship that I have, and I'm working on the ones most difficult. Most difficult. That's what Jesus did. I want the same results that Jesus got from his relationship with his parents. Said that he found favor and blessing and great grace was on his life 
From the time that we have record of from 12 years old till he was 30, that followed him everywhere he went. Why? Because he understood how to submit to his parents and submit to the Father. Can you say amen to that? And truly, as I've said before also, that God has chosen submission as the principle of the kingdom. It actually sets the tone for every other relationship. So all the relationships that we've talked about, and we've talked about submission, this today, in talking about servants, people that serve other people, everybody serves somebody. Everybody does. The different words in this passage in 1 Peter talks about slaves and servants. All it's talking about, when you look at the literal words, all it's talking about are people who serve other people and people who are authority over other people. Everybody in here today is an authority of something over somebody in some way or another. So to be an authority, as, G- as the centurion told Jesus, I'm a man under authority, so I know how to operate in authority. That's what you and I have to understand. What sets the tone for all relationships in life is understanding how to submit. Sets the tone for everything else. And you know, submission is a kind of a, it's longer than four, word, four letters, but it's like a four-letter word. People don't like it. It has a negative connotation to it. But the understanding is that it will produce the greatest results in life in, when you understand how to submit. John 14 and verse 15 says this. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. He said if you, in in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, and He said, and I will help you. The word commandments there is not from a legalistic connotation. The word commandments there is learn to do what I ask you to do and do it. That's what Jesus did. That's why he was so productive in every relationship that he had. As I said to you last week, Jesus never crossed the line of compromise. He never crossed the line of compromise. He connected with anybody and everybody. He didn't care who they were, what their past was like, but the people with ungodly past, which were everybody that he was connected to, which all of us have ungodly past of some kind or another, he never let the ungodly past of other people change the decisions that he would make. They never influenced him in a negative way, ever. Same thing has to happen with us. He said, if you love me, Keep my commandments. Let me just ask you the question in here today. Do, do you today love God? You don't, don't have to raise your hand. Just I'm asking you the question. Do you love God? Okay. So the thing is, if you love God and you're developing your love for God, what He wants is you to do things His way. And if you'll do things His way, He'll help you. And I promise you, you need help. I'm going to say it again. You need not only help, but you need a lot of help. 
Uh, and when I'm looking at you, I'm looking back at me. I need a lot of help. But in looking at this passage right here, he's saying, do you love me? Remember when he was asking Peter that, do, do you love me? Yeah. Yeah, then, then feed my sheep. No, 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 Peter, do you love me? Uh, Jesus, I already told you I did. No, no, no. You need to hear him ask you that question every single day of your life. Because what he's saying is, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Okay, I want you to do things my way. And this thing you're doing right here is not my way, so you need to develop some change. He's got great patience with you and for you in life to change. You and I can change. Man, I'm an example. 46 years. Today, I'm changing. I'm still changing. And I mean, I have more of a passion to change today than I ever have before. I love it. I love to admit when I'm wrong. Glory to God. And my wife loves that too. <clears throat> that I finally learned how to admit when I'm wrong. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I don't want anything clouding my connection with God. And I want every relationship to be connected. How, how, how many been doing your little card duty? Anybody? Two of you? Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm passing cards out all over town. And the ministry opportunities that have come, but, this is, it, but it, it's easy for me to do that. I've always done it, right? I mean, from the days when in, in the valley at the Lost Trawler when I stood on the table and preached. <clears throat> you remember that, Bill, right? <clears throat> I think you were with me. Maybe it wasn't you, maybe somebody else, but I, I did stand on the table at the Lost Trawler and start preaching. This was a seafood restaurant. Yeah, but, but I, I've always been good at these kind of things. But the ministry opportunities that we've had in, in the last two weeks and, and just encouraging people to join us, uh, it, it's, been, it's been amazing. And nobody that I gave a card to, except one that already knew me, uh, even knew I was the pastor of the church. And, and we're doing that, why? Because God wants people to hear things like this, and, and if, you're, if you're, you're afraid of church and you don't come here, you're not going to hear it, right? They need to come in the house. A lot of people since COVID have stayed away. A lot of people don't want to be in church. They, they, they want to just watch it and, you know, listen to the message. That's, that's good. That's all good. But there's something about not forsaking the, the fellowshipping of yourselves together uh, with those of the same precious faith. You grow in that. You learn to develop relationships. And, and as we teach around here all the time, God wants you developing relationships with people that don't think exactly like you. Don't like everything you like. Well, you know, I don't, they, they don't like what I like. I don't want to do that. No, God wants you by faith to develop relationships and learn how to be used by God to help people. That's where the help comes from. Did you hear what I said? The help comes, the help comes to you through the connections with other people. He said, if you love me, do things the way I want you to do, so you've got to learn how to do that, and I'll help you as you're learning to do it my way. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. Can you say amen? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded 
then I'm able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. You need this verse of scripture when you're learning to have a right attitude when someone's done you wrong. You need this because you need to trust him. At the end of the day, you don't trust him, it doesn't work. Nothing works. You don't trust him in everything you deal with, nothing works. I'll read it again. For this reason, I also suffer these things. What things? Well, what we're talking about today. About having to submit or having to do something you don't want to do because of what someone else has done. You want to blame other people for why you're having such a hard time making a right decision. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. No, but he does. Do you love him? Okay, then learn to do it his way. What's his way? The way you want to be treated, take the first step and treat others that way. I used to scroll across those verses of Scripture for years. Uh, we, uh, he, he, that was to the Jews. That was to somebody else. <laughs> I mean, somebody asked me about those passages like that, and I said, you know, I don't even know where those are at. I just wanted to ignore all of them. What do you mean? The way I want to be treated, treat somebody that way? I'm not going to treat somebody that way that treated me this way. Okay? Stay in your rut, because you'll stay there, I promise you. Those kind of relationships aren't being worked on. You're not doing it his way. You don't really love him, meaning you not really developed the love for him. And the way you develop your love for him is to learn how to do things his way. So you got to find out from his word what his way is. And his way is the way you want to be treated. Treat everybody that way. John 17 and 3. And this is eternal life. That you may know you that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sinned, have sinned. This is, this is eternal life, that they may know you. Who? Them. Not one person that I've handed a card to in the last two weeks goes to another church. Not one. Not one. And not one, I, I lead into it like this. I don't know if you're a church guy or you like anything about church or maybe you got negative stuff about church, but, but we're a church up on the hill up here and, and uh, we just, we, we'd like for you to join us. Oh, really? One guy said to me, he said, well, you know, I, I kind of went to church a long, long time ago, but I hadn't been in a long time. I'm in college now. And, and he said, but my friend and I, we probably need a place to come. So I began to talk to him a little bit more, and he said, uh, so like, what do you talk about? He said, I I'm real interested because I got friends that go to churches, but he said, I've been to churches, and I don't like what they talk about. So like, what do you talk about? I said, well, what do you want to hear? <laughs> I kind of put it back on him. Well, you know, I I'd like to hear about like heaven and how to do this and what why should you serve God? Yeah, I said, we'll talk about all these things. Really? I said, yeah. So we'd love to have you come. Just come sometime. Just try it once, you don't like it. I mean, that, 
what better way? You, you, you got to just relate to them. They're not ready for your God. Don't, don't try to preach to them, give them 14 scriptures and what they need to do in their life and all this kind of stuff. You'll run them off. What do you want, what do you want to hear? Okay, you'll hear it. Because they really will. I mean, you know, if you stay here for a year, you'll hear just about everything in this, in this place, right? We'll try to touch on every little thing. People need it. And he said here, this is eternal life that they may know you, him. Right? So for them to know him, see, what, what somebody needs in their life is you. And they need you to love God and you're developing a lifestyle of keeping his commandments and doing things his way. That's what those people out there need. That's eternal life. Starting in their life the moment you, you know, I'm just, this little thing we're doing in the summer with cards is one thing. But they need to know the God that you know. But they're not ready for your God, right? They're not ready for him until you help them along. If you're not, if you don't, you can do whatever you want, but I've always had, probably for 30 years, I've had a top 10 list. Sometimes it's just five. Sometimes it's 15. But I've always had a list of people that don't love God and don't know God. And I'm always sowing into their life somehow. Not preaching to them. Not even ever, usually not unless God leads me to. Usually not telling me anything about God, just connecting with them. One, one time, <clears throat> I had spent three years talking to a guy for less than two minutes, three times a week. For three years. Did I say three years or two years? Three years. It was three years. And I'd go through the drive-thru at Starbucks, and so we had less than two minutes, three times a week, where I'd see this guy for two, three solid years. And I, one day, <clears throat> after all that time, I could tell that it got, you know, when, when you don't talk about yourself, people start wondering, you know, what, what, what do you do? You know, and so, he, he, so one day he asked me, he said, so what do you do? And, I said, and so I always just start out with, I'm, I'm in public relations. I'm relating to the public right now, right? Right. So I'm in public relations. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, and so, so like what? So we go farther, and then finally they find out, finally, after all those years, they find out that I'm a pastor. And see, after all that time, it doesn't always take that long, but after that period of time, see, he may not like pastors, which he didn't, but he liked me. So we went next door to Chili's one day, and we had lunch together, and I prayed for him to receive Jesus as his Savior. But it took three years of less than two minutes a day, not a whole lot of time out of, Sandra did the specs on how much we talk about money around here, like four minutes in a service, you know, <clears throat> and, and uh, six minutes a week, uh, very low percentage of time that I spend in that guy's life, but I look for opportunities to sow into him. Came into the kingdom as a result of just being nice. He needed me. Reason he had lunch with me is because he liked me. Not because he believed in God, no. He liked me. 
That's what people need out there. <coughs> wow. Amen? 1 John 1 and verse 5. <clears throat> this is the message which we've heard from him. We declare this to you. God is light, and in him there's no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, in other words, our, 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 our understanding is darkened. It's not illuminated. In other words, we go back to, do you love me? Then keep my commandments. Do you love me? Then learn to do things my way. He's saying here, if you say you have fellowship with him, and yet you're not learning to do things his way, you're lying. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Hmm? And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So did you just hear right there that developing right relationships with the right people will cause you to walk free from any guilt that you have in your life of sins that you've made? You need people more than you know you need people. It's the absolute truth. It's literally changed my life. Developing relationships with people that I don't want to. <laughs> Second chapter of 1 John. Now by this we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments, if we develop in our life His way of thinking and doing. He who says, I know him, and does not do things his way, is a, oh, he actually says it right there, a liar. And the truth is not in him. Okay? So, uh, you know, Gallup poll says that 85% of Americans lie. I want to say that the Gallup poll is wrong. 100% of Americans lie. Okay, I'm going to get a hand on this one, okay? If you've never told something, I mean, I don't care if you think it's just a little white lie or anything else. I mean, just something that you stretch the truth. It's a lie. You either lied or you didn't. Anybody sitting in here today, by the raising of your hand, in all your life, you've never told a lie. <clears throat> we'll wait a, another couple of minutes to make sure... No, no, no. Everybody's lie, right? You know, we don't have to take these kind of scriptures so personally and get so upset about it. If you lied, then the truth is in you, so do what? Start taking what you're hearing preached like today, take the scriptures, go read them, meditate on them, allow them to become life on the inside of you, and over time... What's in the seed of the word itself will empower you to do what's right. And it's win-win if you just stay with him. If you just don't quit, you'll reap. Yeah, if you just don't quit. If you just don't throw in the towel and give up, you will reap. That's what this says. True? So, in light of all that we said, I'm going to read this passage one more time, and I want to make three points. And then I'm done. Maybe. Those who are servants submit to the authority of those who are masters, not only to those who are kind, 
and gentle, but even to those who are hard and difficult. First thing is, begin to be more sensitive in your life to what God is telling you about hard and difficult relationships. I'll even say it like that. I mean, I'll help anybody. But I'm telling you, if you will be more sensitive and you'll submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, He will help you. You know why? His first name is Helper. You were created to need His help, and I promise you, you're not pathetic that you need His help. I'm telling you, you were created to need His help, and you need Him to help you. And if you'll do that, if you'll be more sensitive and allow, ask Him, God, what about this relationship? What do I do about this? He'll show you. I know many, many people that, I know many people through the years, I mean from way back, that they would be at a certain job and they worked at a certain job and maybe the boss was unfair or unkind or whatever. And so they would say, well, you know, I need to quit this job and I need to find a good Christian job with Christian people. No, sometimes Christians got more devils than the ungodly. I mean, you can think that's true or not. I know it's true. But here's the thing. If you need relationships in your life for God to do things in you, then there are some difficult relationships out there that God wants you to learn some things, and he wants you to be a blessing to a difficult person. I could tell you half a dozen stories right now that everybody's probably already heard before, so I won't bore you with them. But I can't tell you of how many different relationships that I didn't want to go after, but God said, I want you to develop that. They were ugly to me. They talked ugly to me. They said ugly things to me, whatever. No, I want you to pursue that. And when I pursued that relationship... It taught me things, but it helped liberate them. Most people that are ugly are responding to you. Let me back up. Not every person, but I, I think all, in dealing with people for the last, especially the last 34 years pastoring this church and throughout the years, most people that have a difficulty in treating people correctly, they've got things in their own life. They've got stuff in their own life. Most of them are in fear. There's fear attached to their past. And so, if somebody, trying to give, I'm, I'm giving, I want to give you a good example that, that will explain where my point has been today. Most of the time, a person like that has very low self-esteem. Many times they are not confident in themselves. They've been told that they're losers. I mean, there's all kinds of different things that are attached to that. So they're lashing out with anger or not being 
correct in, in their relationship, especially if they're over someone else, because that's kind of what we're talking about today. Somebody that maybe is a boss over someone else and treating them in an ugly way. They're looking for a negative t- response to confirm how they're already hurting. That's in most of the cases. They want you to act ugly. They expect you to to respond in an ugly way so that there's tension and there's strife, there's drama, things all stirred up. What God's looking for is somebody that will take the abuse. You're already empowered to take it because Jesus took abuse you'll never even think about taking so that we could be liberated and free. Can you say amen to that? He wants you to be able to take that for you to learn some things, but many times it's for the deliverance of the other person. I can't tell you how many people that I've gone after in their ugly attitudes and, 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 and personalities that I've won to the Lord. One lady in the Rio Grande Valley when I lived in the valley. Was the mother's owner of a car dealership down there. And everybody said, watch her, watch out for her, watch out for her, man, she will tear you up. I thought, I'm going after her. I did. Letter to the Lord. Before she was in a car accident and died. Where would that lady be today had I not gone after her because of the ugliness? (laughs) I pursued the ugliness. Now, I didn't have to stay around it all day long, but I had to see it twice a week and had to be around it and put up with it. I could have dodged it and went around it. I didn't because that lady needed to be liberated and free, and I had to take some abuse for a season. I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm not talking about you know, some horrible, illegal, immoral kind of thing. I'm not talking about those kind of things. I'm talking about in the form of relationship and communication and connection where there's drama and all kinds of things stirred up. But God led me to do that. You have to be led to do those kind of things. It's not every relationship in every situation. And just because you've been, had bad relationships from the past, that doesn't mean you have to go and correct every situation or whatever. You have to do what God says. And that's why you need help to know how to do that. Can you say amen? So the first thing is in dealing with people. You find God's favor by deciding to please God even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. For what merit is it to endure mistreatment for wrongdoing? Yet if you are mistreated when you do what is right and you faithfully endure it, this is commendable before God. In fact, you were called to live this way because Christ also suffered in your place, leaving you His example for you to follow. Second thing is, you were called to live this way. Did you hear me? I'm telling you again, you were called to live like this. You got to work that out within yourself. Well, Pastor, I don't. What do you mean? I was called to. That's what He said. You got to work that out. You got to talk to Him about it. You got to seek Him about this because it's vital that we understand we are called to do this. God wants people liberated on planet Earth. 
and he's called you to do it. Because Christ also suffered in your place, leaving you his example for you to follow. He never sinned. He never spoke deceitfully. When he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. You were like sheep that continually wandered away before, but now, everybody say now, now you've returned to the true shepherd of your lives, the kind guardian who lovingly watches over your soul. When you love God, when you're learning to do things His way, the help that He gives you is where all the battle is in this life, and that's in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. He empowers you to overcome when you're faced with situations that are unjust. I didn't say that the the difficult situations weren't unjust, that people were wrong in what they were doing. I didn't say that. But the truth is, He is there to protect you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous, they run into that, and they're protected, they're safe. To trust God is a safe place. To trust Him in the midst of everything that you do, not wanting retaliation, not wanting bad for someone else, is learning to do things His way. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Today, God wants you to join the army of not being afraid of difficult relationships. I said, he wants you to join the army. You can be born again, but shun relationships. He wants you to join the army of not being afraid of doing things his way in every relationship that you have in life. That takes time to learn what that is, and it takes time to develop it. It takes time to get out of your own carnal mind and into the things of the Spirit. It takes time. But the more you do it, the more you develop as a human being, and man, you live your life on top and not underneath. Living your life free from the things, the shackles of the past trying to pull you down because you're not letting present relationships suck the life out of you. Can you say amen? Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.